What's going on, guys? Thanks for tuning in to the GFG Grinding for Greatness podcast uh, today uh, here with James Hughes again. How's it going? We're going to hit a little bit of internal monologue and we're going to recap Joey Smith's session in here, uh, which we had on last week. Um, we talked a ton about Joey's. Joey's was like an hour and a half of recording time. We tried to edit that down for you guys a little bit so you didn't have to, uh, you know, stay outside at the grocery store before you went in listening, finishing up. <laughs> Um, but a lot of gold in that interview. Um, we took pages of notes. James, uh, although while producing it, took three pages of notes. Well, I mean, when, when there's that much good stuff coming out, you you have to reflect on it. And I wanted to be on a mic just to be able to jump in at any point. Like, oh, that's the point I want to talk about. That's the point I want to talk about. Yeah. So now it's a good thing we have this opportunity to kind of come back and reflect on some of those. Yeah, exactly. And we're going to try to reflect on uh, a lot of these guests that come in because the point of the reflection is, is you know, we want the guests to come in. We want to hear let you guys hear their story. And then we want to kind of take a second uh, to, to break that down and also, you know, break down some of the internal monologue things that they may not have broken down during their interview because their whole point is to tell their story. Mm -hmm. uh, but we need to talk about some of the things that have went through their mind to get them through each plateau of, of their success, whatever mm -hmm. that may be. Um, so, you know, we'll just kind of go back and forth on some of the ideas and some of the things that we took note on and, and, and break that down and break down some of the mindset um, one of the first things that I had wrote down, uh, was the hours a day that Joey spent mm -hmm. um, both working and at the same time building himself, which, you know, him as a bodybuilder, uh, in case you didn't catch the episode, Joey, uh, is a multi-time world record holder mm -hmm. of bodybuilding competitions in the national hall of fame. Uh, so his body is his tool. So not only was he working, uh, obviously to produce income, to continue working out until of course you can get endorsement deals and stuff. Uh, but he was driving several hours to the gym, working out for several hours and then driving back home, you know, and a lot of guys talk about, uh, you know, it's really hard <clears throat> to do both. It's really hard until you get to a point in whatever that may be that you're striving for till you can monetize it. And in the meantime, you have to still continue to produce income somehow to provide for you. And if you got a family, you know, it's mm -hmm. even harder. Um, but Joey, <clears throat> you know, was not only working, but traveling and then working out for an additional 10 hours of his day. Mm -hmm. uh, so that alone just shows like the commitment level, right? Yeah, the commitment level. And what was crazy to me, so all of those long hours to him were just expected. Like uh, he was extremely modest about that time. He completely just kind of made that grind sound like it was something that was a part of everyday life. And, you know, for him it is, but for every other person, not necessarily. So there's definitely something admirable behind that and just being goal oriented behind those hours. That's part of why it was so nonchalant to him to spend, you know, what, 18 hours dedicated to his craft because you yeah. have to work outside of the craft to be able to support the craft until it's able to pay for itself at that point, not even craft you know, the, the dedication to, to make it to uh, you know, a professional level. Yeah. And, and not one time did Joey talk about how hard that was. Mm -hmm. I believe in his mind, there was no option, right? It was, yeah, I got to go to work. And probably all he was thinking about while he was working to produce the money he was making was the rest of the day of going to working out. Yeah. That fear of survival really, really, you know, made him thrive at that yeah, point. Yeah. So it wasn't even like a fight or flight thing. It was like, this just has to be done. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I think that with that mindset of, Hey, 
I'm doing this no matter what, when, just like we talked about before that as you build discipline and you see hurdles coming up, Mm -hmm. those hurdles really ain't even anything because you know, I'm going to the end goal no matter what. And his end goal wasn't necessarily to start off, you know, when he went through his entire story, which was amazing to kind of hear the humble beginnings of him just, Mm -hmm. you know, carrying stuff around the gym because his dad wanted him to build a work ethic. So to hear it from that beginning on to the end, he didn't start off when he was carrying that stuff around his, you know, around his dad to be a North Carolina hall of famer. That wasn't his end goal. His end goal was to be the best, to be the best, to be the best. Mm -hmm. Now, every step along the way, there were those hurdles. And what's great is you can put the best as the long-term end goal. What are those short-term goals? One that really stood out to me is every time along the way, there was something that he didn't feel like he was quite up to challenge mm-hmm. with. Right. So he had to build himself up to it. Eventually, it was the the guys around here, around town that were the big guys, asked him to come around. They wouldn't let him train with them. So he took notes the entire time. He mm-hmm. was still dedicated to be a part of, to be around that environment mm-hmm. and to climb that hurdle. He finally climbed that hurdle. Then what happened next? Well, he had to, to beat essentially out in the gym, the next person that was there. Well, from there, he then meets the next person who asked him to come on a much bigger level. Well, each one of those are plateaus. Each one of those are hurdles that are being set that he didn't start off by saying, hey, I'm going to three steps down the line. This is what it's going to be. He knew the end goal to be the best. And he knew he was going to tackle every single one that came along the way. Yeah. The cool thing, too, is he broke it down. You know, he, he knew <clears throat> that this wasn't, you know, a, a, a three month, three year job. For mm-hmm. him, right. He knew that this was just going to be a lifestyle. And he and he seen ahead far enough. Like, who do I need to get? Who do I need to compete with to mm-hmm. be at, the, at the next level? You know, and he kept picking those off mm-hmm. until he was the guy. Until there was no one above him, you know, the, the next admirable thing that I had wrote down is not only was he watching that picking those guys off until he got to the, to the top level really of where Mm -hmm. he's at, but Joey's stayed there for over a decade. Oh yeah. You know, so it's not like he got there and then let off the fuel. I mean, he's still been pushing, competing with a broken arm. I mean, it's, it's insane. Another thing that, that, you know, I, we talked about that with him last week and during this week, listening to some other business podcasts, uh, something that was brought up there was, you know, you talk to these CEOs of these huge, you know, multi-billion dollar companies and these guys talk about timeframes, not in years, but in decades, mm-hmm. you know, so everything that they're building out is built out for a long span of time. You know, they understand that you have to put in work for time over time, over time, over time, over time until something great really is built. Um, so, you know, knowing that, you know, you're not just putting in a little bit of effort to kind of be the guy mm-hmm. and knowing that this is going to be a very long time. A lot of times, People, if you don't have the the discipline to know, like, man, I've, I've got to put the grind in for years and years and years before anyone even knows me, uh, is really kind of disheartening, you mm-hmm. know, because everyone wants that instant gratification, right? Right. Um, which, you know, I think can lead us to our next big point here. And then, well, real quick with that, too, you were talking about that, that putting putting the, the right people around you. So not only did he have the discipline in himself to, to try to figure out what he needs to do to get better. Mm-hmm. But he surrounded himself with people who already had that drive that he was looking for into yep. making himself better. Mm-hmm. So then 
you, you, you take on, all right, so he's constantly looking at a way to get better. He's surrounding himself with people who are constantly pushing him to be better. That's why probably one of my favorite takeaways, one of the favorite um, is when he's talking about the, the fastest way to piss him off is to call this a hobby. Yeah, it's exact. You know, it's because this is an entire life to him from yeah. the moment he wakes up to going to bed to the moment he was started at a young age to where he is now. Every bit of that, this has been the life. Mm-hmm. And that can be, you know, directly related to just about any one of our listeners. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm sure there's something that's happening in your life that you're that passionate about yeah. at any stage in this process, whether it be just beginning, whether it be you're in the middle of thriving mm-hmm. or whether it be you're starting to move on to that coaching aspect and wanting to give it back on there was a passion that was there and that's something that we can all relate to and we can all figure out a way of well he did it and it worked out for him so what are some positive things that i can reflect into my life i think the biggest thing with joey and with a lot of these guests that we're going to have on is you know looking at the balance of like work life and like the hobby Mm -hmm. or the other career of what you really want to achieve is it's 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 never balanced right Mm -hmm. 90%, 10%, it's always like, okay, you know, I got to do my work life stuff. And in my, in the meantime, in my spare time, I'll continue building this. Mm -hmm. Well, you might can continue building this, but this is going to get this, whatever it is that you want to be great at. Um, whether that be, you know, your little side hustle that you might want to turn into a business, whether it be sports, athletes, uh, musicians, artists, whatever, you can't continue slow in this slowly building that mm-hmm. while doing everything else. And, and at some point this is just going to explode, right? You have to either have a good 50, 50 or, you know, do what you need to do to sustain life. And this be the majority of everything. Exactly. Everything that you need to be doing throughout the entire day, 24 seven needs to be geared toward whatever that is. And that's why we call this grinding for greatness. Cause it's not just smooth sailing Cherie for greatness, right? This is grinding your fucking ass off 24 seven. And, and it's one of those things too, that like, it doesn't matter how good you are. I guarantee you, we can find someone who's better than you. Yeah. It's a matter of how well do you apply that to your life and yeah. how well do you make that work for you? Yeah. And I, so I know tons of talented people, you know, growing up racing dirt bikes and side by sides and playing sports and stuff. And, mm-hmm. you know, just seeing amazingly talented people in all kinds of different elements of life that haven't went anywhere with it. Right. You and know? I know this is a conversation we're going to talk on a later pod, but life doesn't owe you shit just yeah, because yeah. you're good at it doesn't mean it owes you shit. Yeah. And so it's a matter of how well you apply it. And, you know, that's one of the hardest things to see, man, especially, you know, if it's a friend of yours or something, mm-hmm. right, that is extremely talented but doesn't put any work effort in behind it, you know? Like, yeah. they have such a huge capability. Like, there's, I know guys who have almost no talent but mm-hmm. work so fucking hard that they are great, you know? Right. Uh, imagine the guy who has insane amounts of talents, if they would only back that up with the work ethic of the guy who didn't have that much talent. I, I forgot. I, maybe, I forgot exactly who it is. 99% of the job is showing or 90, I think it's like 90% of success is showing up. Yeah. And I mean, it's just a matter of that. Like yeah. if you put yourself in the position, if you don't try, it's 100% that it's not going to work out, but at least by trying, at least by putting that effort out there, then it's going to be there. Yeah. I, I've said it in the, in the past on, on our podcast here that like, you know, I've always been, uh, so confident in my work ethic that I don't give a fuck what it is that we're going to do. You know? Yeah. Because I know that I'm going to, I can put the amount of work in to make it work, you know, whether I'm good at it or not good at it. Mm-hmm. And, and it's attrition mm-hmm. and that attrition. So a lot of times I know 
one thing with him, like you, we could almost put his his growing scale on a timeline to where you could see he's working a lot behind the scenes, behind the scenes, behind the scenes. Then all of a sudden he gets that notoriety. Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden to everyone else, mm-hmm. it seems like he's a you know overnight sensation. Right. To everyone else, it seems like he's just getting that instant gratification of like, okay, well now he's here, he has talent, he can try. Right. Nobody ever sees all of that behind the work, all of that behind the scenes stuff. Yeah, exactly. And and unfortunately, especially before social media, uh, all you ever seen was the highlight reel, mm-hmm. right? Like when these guys blew up, you don't see the decades that it takes to get there. The cool thing now with social media, and some people don't even like to show that, Mm -hmm. um, you know, here we're some of the most transparent people. You can follow me around with a camera all day long. Yeah. Um, but some people don't like to show everything that it takes to get to the highlight reel because they only want you to see the cool shit. Yeah. Well, dude, it takes Grind 24-7 for years and years and years before anyone even knows who the fuck you are. Mm-hmm. You know? No matter what, I don't care how talented you are, ever. And then on top of that, why should they care too? Because especially right. in this social media world, we're at a point to where, you know, just like we were talking about, we can find someone more talented than you. Mm-hmm. You can find something more entertaining to watch right. if you're a consumer of this media or a consumer of whatever market it is that you're into. Mm-hmm. And so by at least by having, in my vision, some of that transparency or some of that behind the scenes or at least letting someone into your individual creative process. And now we're also at a point now to where behind the scenes is also can somewhat be as curated as right. the, the normal a- aspect of it too. But that right there just goes to show a little bit of how important that like, trying to show that work and trying to show that attrition and trying to show how they're they're putting an effort behind right. what it is they're doing other than just trying to arrive which is really what this entire podcast is going to be about right like when mm-hmm. we have guests come on here and we have them tell their story the story never starts the day we got signed mm-hmm. right like the story is going to be when the first question i'm going to ask all guests like where did this start mm-hmm. you know and uh if we ever have a guest on here that's like Oh yeah, well, uh, you know, I just went out there and uh, was the best. Yeah, yeah. I'll shut this motherfucker down <laughs> in a second because that's never gonna happen. Yeah, when you guys see a four-second podcast, you know exactly what happened with that guest. For sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're looking for the true stories that you guys can hear everything about, so you guys can relate. Mm-hmm. Right, that's what we want. We want for you guys to be able to hear. You know, the grind, the struggle, what it really takes, because that's real life. That's mm-hmm. what you guys are going to see. That's what you're going to experience. You're not going to experience the highlight reel at first. You know, hopefully everybody that's listening to this gets to have their own highlight reel at some point. Yeah. And you also have to take away those little wins along mm-hmm. the way. You know, Joey's first, his first meet that may have not been amazing you know, he needs to take that as a win. You need to you need to be hungry for more, but you still need to take it away as a win. He found validation. He found validation in what it was that he was doing from not only from hearing all of the stuff from those inspirational people that he surrounded himself with, who I'm sure were telling him things that he may not have believed himself, mm-hmm. but by seeing it firsthand, it offered that validation and it allowed that kind of next step up, that next step up. Because at a certain point, you don't want to plateau. You yeah. don't want to fall flat and then that overnight sensation, everything that you've been building up to this point, all that attrition just immediately goes away. Yeah. And you always need to be looking for that next plateau too, mm-hmm. right? Like we alluded that to that a little bit earlier about him picking off guys as he went. Um, you know, if you think that you're the best of the best where you're at right now, 
like you said a minute ago, you're, you're going to be able to find somebody, especially mm-hmm. now with, with social media. There's always someone better out there, you know? And if you think that you're the best of the best right now and it's because of the group that you're in, you need to go get in a different group. Yeah. Uh, business guys say that all the time. Mentorship guys say that all the time. Mindset guys say that all the time. Like, if you think you're great with the group you're around, you need to go find another group. You always need to feel like the smallest guy in the room. Yeah. You know, if you want to continue growing, you know, it's that that's a huge hit to your ego a lot of times, man. Uh, but you need to be able to get over that. You know, everyone mm-hmm. that's listening to this should be an adult. And if you want to be grinding for greatness, you need to be able to put your ego in check and, and when you're in those rooms and learn fr- something from that experience. And just going back to, I forgot exactly the number, but just going back to the 10 commandments of creativity, be honest with yourself when evaluating your work. When you're evaluating your work, that can also be you, yourself, your expression and all of that. And so it comes down to, if you want to be the best, find a way to prove it. Find those measurable, tangible ways that are short-term way to prove it. Don't prove it through your ego. Don't find an easy solution mm-hmm. to, to automatically get that win and pad your back and yeah. be able to you know get those stats a little bit higher than what they need to be. Yeah. Find one that actually challenges your merit. Find that next growing point. And guess what? You may fail. And that's totally fine because then you know, okay, you can take away from that what where you failed, where you can go back, apply energy to your weaknesses that you know may have caused that fall, and then come back at it strong. Joey talked about that for a second, um, you know, where, you know, I don't remember what the reason was, but he said he kind of let his foot off the fuel for a little while, you know, maybe feeling good about where he was at. And mm-hmm. he went and, and went to a meet and got his dick kicked in the dirt. You mm-hmm. know? And, and, you know, it's like, like we talked about on that, on that podcast, you know, sometimes that may uh, make you go the opposite way. You know, some, that's that fight or flight right there. You know, when you get your kick, dick, 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 kick, dick, dick kicked in the dirt, <laughs> Uh, you may decide like, Hey man, this isn't for me anymore. You know, or Mm -hmm. you may, you may start creating excuses of why that happened, or you may take it to the chain and buckle down and go back home and work harder. Like you should have been doing in the first place and and come back and be better than you were. Yeah. I mean, just from personal experience, I know growing up skateboarding, like that's how, that's kind of how I got out of it was like at a certain point, it's like, cause I did it for about eight years and it doesn't matter how good you are. You're going to fall. It doesn't matter how hard you fall at some point, you're going to get hurt. And it was just at a point of like, do I love it enough to keep getting hurt? Yeah. Do I love it enough to yeah. keep kind of, you know, you know, going through that attrition? And I didn't. And, you know, that's fine. But there were things that I learned from that moment that or from that experience that very easily carries on to the next, that carries on to the next. So just because you may be in an experience that you've dedicated some amount of time into, you may have found a dead end in that route. That doesn't mean it's over. And that doesn't mean it was a waste of time because there were things that you should have learned along the way that very easily can carry to the next. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, maybe that was the plan all along. Yeah. And we talked about that before on another podcast of, um, you know, learning from every single experience, Mm -hmm. you know, whether it be good or bad, you can, you can be a little crybaby and say, oh, this sucked and this is what's happening to me and shit. Or you can learn from that experience, you know, uh, which again is just going back to the mindset of, you know, do you want to be better? Or do you not want to be better? You yeah, exactly. Um, one more thing that I took a note on, uh, while we were in that podcast was when Joey was first starting out and he had mentors, not only was he listening to these guys, and trying to train with them. But if you remember, he said that some of them at, at the beginning wouldn't let him train with them for whatever mm-hmm. reason that is. Sometimes it's like initiation tactic and yeah. stuff, you know what I mean? But uh, he was assisting them. Mm-hmm. He was giving them some kind of value really without asking for anything. So, you know, a lot of folks always come to me like, hey, how do I, um, you know, reach out to these coaches and these mentors and, 
how do I get information from? Well, there's plenty of guys online that you can pay, you know, for, for this stuff. But if you're asking for someone for friendly advice, you need to deliver value to them first. Mm -hmm. You know, you need to do something for them and in return, they will want to do something for you. Exactly. Uh, so don't just reach out to these guys cold handed, you know, with, you know, asking for something, you know, go out of your way, do something for them. They will remember it. You know, most mm -hmm. of these guys that are successful that you're wanting to learn from, they appreciate that stuff. You know, it's taken. Go ahead. I was gonna say it's taking that initiative. And yeah. if you are that good at it, if you do have that talent and you do believe in yourself, try to prove it to someone who you see as better than you. And if they see that same talent, they may or they should hopefully appreciate that drive. And yeah. you, you can find that mentor and you can find that, that step up from there. They'll appreciate the tenacity mm -hmm. for sure. You know, uh, nobody great um, doesn't recognize a hard worker, mm -hmm. you know, so so they're always looking for that, you know, because chances are they got to where they are because they're a hard worker. Yeah, also, they were the and same way. Yeah. yeah great. Yeah. Recognize is great. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they were the same way. They put the effort in. Uh, they delivered value to someone before, you know, and mm -hmm. it's, it's all the same, you know, so point of that is, you know, if you want to be around great people, you want to learn from them to try to figure out a way to get in their circle and deliver a little bit of value to them first. Mm -hmm. you know? uh, Joey, <clears throat> in that time frame, they weren't even giving Joey anything. You right. Know? They were just saying, help us load the plates and stuff, you know, and probably not even that. He probably just barged in there and loaded <laughs> stuff up. Uh, but what Joey was doing was observing mm -hmm. everything that they were doing. He was taking notes. He was studying that. You know? And and not just their lifting patterns, but their living patterns, mm -hmm. their their conversations, the way yeah. they communicated with each other as a group, every aspect outside of just the craft itself, the lifestyle mm -hmm. is what he was trying to immerse himself in and knew that's where he wanted to be. Yep. Tony Robbins always talks about proximity. Mm -hmm. Proximity is power is what he says all the time. And that's just an, that's just an attestant as a test as whatever <laughs> attestation okay <laughs> of proximity being power uh because him being around those guys he learned just from being around them he mm -hmm. learned from studying he learned from observing they weren't saying hey kid you need to do this and you need to do this your form isn't right you need to adjust it this way that's you don't need to come in here and lift heavy at first you need to pump some blood they weren't saying all that shit mm -hmm. he was literally just watching and writing notes down you know so <clears throat> Before you ask someone for advice, deliver value, maybe just get around them. Mm -hmm. You know, everyone that we, the world's been here for so long that anything that you want to do, someone's probably already done. Mm -hmm. All you got to do is go learn from example. Yeah. You know? Just watch what they've done and study that. You yeah. Know? I mean, it's, it's that simple. Albert Einstein said the secret to the secret behind creativity is to learn to hide your sources. That's right. And so, you know, as you learn to that, someone's probably, I mean, I'm not saying to plagiarize, but you know, someone's yeah. probably already done it. So you can at least take away what they've done so you can figure out how to make it your own. Yeah. Yeah. And, and th the thing is, it's like a, it's like a cheat code, mm -hmm. right? Like that's how you get there faster. You know, uh, of course we want you to push past that. We want you to be greater than them. Mm -hmm. But what if you could skip 10 years of learning shit just by learning from somebody else who's already done it? That's one thing that, um, the uh, community college that I went to because I got an associate's in photographic technology. That was one thing that I appreciated so much about that program specifically was that the two instructors that we had at the time, 
they treated the entire thing almost like a business. You weren't coming to school. It's almost like you were coming to your job. Mm -hmm. And one of the coolest moments we had this, um, the whole class was basically just like slack ass at a certain point. So we had a huge coming to coming to realization moment. And the one thing that they bled into our heads was that they had, they're giving us about 10 years worth of experience in two years. Right. And so it's up to us to figure out, you know, how much of that 10 years are we going to let stick? And so when you put yourself around those kind of people, you know, they're teaching you lessons that it may take you three or four failings before you are fully able to learn what that lesson is, where they can just tell you straight up what that lesson is. You may only have to fail one time, mm. but you've had their mentorship tell you you have that physical experience and you just shortcutted that learning process. Yeah. And so you as a person can get to where you want to get to just a little bit faster by having that that helpful advice. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And and like you said, when you go out in the field, you may not it may not be right at your frontal cortex. You may not be thinking about it right then mm -hmm. uh, from what they've told you to, to, to remember, not to make the mistake of. But the minute you start to make that mistake, boom, it's going to come back up. So exactly. It, it's it's really great, man. It's you you can't buy any better value of education than learning from somebody else's mistakes. Mm -hmm. you know, you'll learn very greatly from your own, but they're mm -hmm. very costly. And why make the mistake when you can learn from somebody else? I yeah. And, and it's one of those things, too, that, you know, we are so connected with the Internet, with social media, with all of these things. Right. So the idea is if you can't necessarily get out in your community and find that partner and find that person, mm -hmm. you can still find them online. Oh, yeah. You can still find that person there. And it may be a little bit you know, different in trying to find that value. Mm -hmm. But that's where your tenacity and your yeah, initiative yeah. is going to come in. Yeah. Of course, we're not saying be creeps. Don't obviously start creeping on somebody and start stalking yeah. somebody. But yeah. Make yourself known, make your presence known, make your 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 energy and what you have to offer, what you have to value known. And if they're harsh and they could just kind of, you know, thumb, thumb their nose up at you, that's totally fine, too. You know, you find the next mentor or you maybe show a little extra effort on that. Yeah. Yeah. I I would I'd just argue to stay on their heels. Yeah. Uh, at some point they're, they're going to need you, mm -hmm. you know, especially if they're trying to continue growing and doing great things. You can only do so much without a team, you know? Yeah. So I, I, I've heard a lot of uh, success stories from folks who um, reached out to a mentor who didn't want to even have anything to do with them, mm -hmm. but uh, they just showed up. They just showed up every day, you know, kept being annoying until finally the person was like, all right, just come on in and I'll teach you. You know, I mean, on it, People respect tenacity. Honestly, with me, I am um, in high school. So I um, published one book in high school and then two more right after. But I failed creative writing the first year that I took it. And, you know, in high school, once you fail that class, like you can't take the second class or the third class or whatever. So I went back every single day to my creative writing, uh, the teacher there, every single day with a new piece that I wrote and was like, Will you read this and let me know what you think? I know I'm not in the class, but I still respect what your opinion is. And I want to know, you know, what you have to offer. Mm -hmm. I wasn't trying to get back in the class. Like at that point, like, you know, okay, I realized I shit the bed. I lost this opportunity. At least I can try to find some value out of this and continue to grow that craft the best I can. Eventually, by the end of it, you know, I was able to get back in that class, you know, take two, three. And then they let me teach the poetry unit um, in that class for creative writing and then had me come back a couple of years after that. But you know, I failed creative writing. I could have just been like, oh, well, I'm not a creative writer right. and just like let the whole thing right. die right there. But it's that tenacity. It's that idea of like, all right, well, I know what I want. Let me at least try to show that value because, you know, the number 
I forgot. I think it's number eight in the Ten Commandments of Creativity, but you only get one chance to make that first impression. Yeah. I blew that first impression. So you have to work harder to go oh, yeah. back in and to, to you know, yeah. make amends. Once that first impression's gone, you got to work 10 times harder to, to fix that. Yeah. You know? And that's where a tenacity and initiative, that's the only time that can, or that's the only things that can come in and help clarify that. Yeah. And, and that's where your character is really going to show to, to maintain that impression because mm -hmm. you know, you know <clears throat> the second impression is great but they're still always going to think about that first one so your character over time continuing to show up and show out is really what is going to finally uh scrub out that first impression mm -hmm. you know? so again tenacity you know we probably said 20 times <laughs> yeah. the same podcast but uh, i think that's got a, <clears throat> a lot to do with what we've talked about all right, guys, thanks for tuning in to this episode of Ground for Greatness podcast. <clears throat> we got some great guests coming up next week, uh, so make sure you stay tuned. Uh, we've got a couple great guests coming on that you guys should be excited about, but if there's particular people that you want to hear from, like artists, musicians, athletes, business owners, uh, a specific industry that you might want to hear from, let us know in the comments. We want to hear from you. This show's not for us. The show's for you, so uh, you guys give us your feedback so we can deliver correctly. See us.